Welcome to the Thriller Fiction Podcast, your source for gripping and twisty stories in a serialized format. And now, here's your host, Jim Heskett. And all good things must come to an end. What good thing is ending? Well, today we're going to be reading the last of our sample chapters of Wounded Animals. If you want to continue the story, just go to jimheskett.com forward slash books and you can scroll down, um, click through the pages to find Wounded Animals, the whole book. Um, well, what's happened so far? Well, Tucker Candle met a mysterious stranger who told him not to go on a business trip, and then he was forced to go on the business trip by his boss. He arrived there, and he met his trainees, who were kind of weird. Um, he was having trouble getting a hold of his wife, and then when he did get a hold of his wife back in Colorado, she was sending these strange text messages that very much did not sound like her. And also we met um, the COO, I think, or CFO, I can't remember, Wyatt, who is a very strange guy who's trying to recruit Candle to come work down in Dallas, but Candle's not interested and there was some tension there. And so today we're going to be reading the final installment of the samples, but after this installment, uh, the story continues on. Candle goes back to Colorado and he finds something very shocking in his house when he gets home. I'm not going to tell you what that is. But if you want to get more, you can go get the audiobook version, or you can get the ebook, or you can get it in print. Or what I would recommend is to get the box set because you save a few bucks. Um, you know, if you just go to jamesca.com forward slash books, you can find that box set there. Anyway, I'm going to stop schmoozing. Hope you're having a great day, and please enjoy the last sample chapter from Wounded Animals. Take care, guys, and I will see you in a few days. Chapter 5 Since the hotel was only a couple blocks from the office, I decided to walk there. I wouldn't dream of doing such a thing in summer when the temps rarely dipped below triple digits, but the air felt cool and the sun was shining and I felt like walking off a bit of the tension I'd accumulated in my body, not being able to sleep so well. Spider dreams. Is there anything worse? I tried to call Grace, but she didn't pick up. Again. Texted her to call me as soon as possible. I felt that tension creep into the back of my neck, but told myself I was overreacting because it was normal to go a few days without talking to her when on these trips. The walk to the office only took a couple of minutes, and I listened to some mellow iron and wine songs to ease into the morning. Something about those singer-songwriters made me nostalgic for events I'd never experienced. Then I stopped short when I saw something I hadn't expected to see. Darren, my bushy-eyebrowed, evil-eyed trainee, in a tie and slacks, digging in a dumpster. The dumpster was at the end of the office lot. He had one hand over the edge, fishing around, and in a few moments he withdrew the hand, holding a small object. He touched it and then held it up to his ear. I was at least a thousand feet away, but I was almost positive he was holding a phone. I ducked back behind a telephone pole but kept my eyes on him. He spoke for about thirty seconds, then glanced left and right. I made sure I was hidden, as well as I could be behind a foot-wide pole. Eventually, he put the phone back into the dumpster, but he didn't toss it. He placed it carefully before brushing off his nice clothes as he walked away. 
A chill ran down my spine. Not that dumpster diving was so weird, but a guy in a tie taking something out, then putting it back in the dumpster? I'm sure he had his own cell phone, so grabbing one out of the dumpster was about the strangest thing I could imagine. I watched him as I crossed the parking lot. He sat down on the steps in front of the building and tightened the laces of his shoes. Maybe he was just pretending with the shoelace act. Maybe he'd seen me watching him and wanted to explain himself before I went inside. My heart thumped against my ribcage as he looked up into my eyes. I felt silly. Even if Kareem's warning had been real, why should I be so frightened about some weirdo dumpster-diving kid? Morning, Mr. Candle. I stopped short of the stairs and hitched my backpack up over my shoulder. Morning, Darren. You can just call me Candle. The mister isn't necessary. If you say so, sir. We were told when y'all came down from the Denver office that we were supposed to show you the utmost respect, though, so I'm just trying to be polite. I see. You waiting for some particular reason to go into the building? He sucked on his teeth before answering. Not really, are you? His words were like daggers. Compared to me, he was just a kid, but I couldn't shake the creeping sense of dread that tickled the back of my neck when I talked with him. I shook my head and walked past him. He jumped to his feet, followed me inside, staying only about two feet behind me all the way to the training room. I could have sworn I felt his breath on the back of my neck. How was your hotel? They get you something nice? It's fine, I said, not turning around to answer. I'm going to get some coffee, so I'll see you in there. No problem, he said as we parted ways. Today we were covering the theme builder section of the design software, the module that guides users through setting the look and feel of their website. Keisha and Paul picked it up quickly, asked all the right questions, made great-looking demo sites in no time at all. Martin struggled a bit, and I had to devote a lot of time to helping him get a decent demo started. Darren, though, sat in the back and didn't say a word. Eyes on me all day long. Hardly even seemed to blink. He didn't ask any questions, just emailed me his work, which was perfect. As if he already knew all about the theme builder. Since today was going to be such a packed day, I'd put my phone on vibrate, but it had died at some point. Hadn't checked it in a couple hours. As we were wrapping up, I plugged it in and powered it on, expecting to see at least one voicemail from my wife. Instead, Grace had sent me a single text message. This book is amazing. I can't wait until you come home so I can tell you all about it. That's it for this episode of the Thriller Fiction Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and visit jimheskett.com for more info and free thriller books.